Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Smashcast. It is I, Commissioner Patrick, as usual, and with me via telephone is Commissioner Sacco Kevin. Kev, how's it going? Going good, Commissioner. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, as always. Um, how'd your week one go? Uh, as expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of more of the same for this uh, Boner franchise, you know, but... Um, that's last week. We're on. We're on to this week. That's a solid. That's a solid attitude that you got about yep. it. No doubt. Um, the only way you can do it, you've got to move forward. I'm a little disappointed and I'm a little scared. That's how I feel. Um, that's okay. what your team. Yes. Just uh, didn't go how I wanted to. That's uh, that's actually what I want to talk about is uh, the fear. I want to get into the fear. Okay. Because the, the week one panic. I want to get into, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about Colt. I want to talk about Dom. I want to talk about Keenan. I want to talk about Mikey. And I want to talk about Nate. Because do we have to talk about Keenan? We do have to talk about Keenan. At least generally uh, speaking. All right. We'll talk about Because a terrible thing can happen to you after week one. You know, I, I've said before that the most fun day of your season oftentimes is the draft you get, you know, you make your picks and you hopefully get at least a few guys you wanted. And now you got this shiny new toy to play with and nothing but hope and sunshine and rainbows. And then week one comes around and half the teams lose and everything you thought could happen. Didn't happen. And players who you chose, who you, who you gave them the honor of letting them get onto your fancy team. They let you down and it hurts and it's scary and it feels bad. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? How, you said you, you, you seem to have a good attitude about it, but what are you thinking? I'm thinking, you know, you, like you said, there's sunshine and rainbows and you don't get a rainbow without a little bit of rain first, mm-hmm. but you also get that rainbow because the sunshine is coming through. And that's, that's what a week one loss is. It's uh, half the league is ready to jump ship, and the other half is convinced that they are going to win the boot. And um, you and I just so happen to be, once again, in that uh, category where we're ready to jump ship, you know, <laughs> that other one. Uh, I've thrown out some trade offers. I've rejected some and, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, picked up whoever I could off of the waiver wire. I'm, I'm making moves, you know. I'm, I'm not just going to settle for this uh, week one loss, but uh, you know, like I said, you just gotta, you gotta do whatever you can uh, to keep the wheels moving and go forward and try and even that record out to a one-on-one. It's true. I mean, can just as easily get right back to where you need to be. You know, that's the reality is you play, if you're playing a one and team, you, then you even the field instantly. So it's not time to panic, but man, you know, being one of those seven guys, it feels bad. That's for sure. It's not. It is a slippery slope, though, because you don't want to go zero and two, because then within the first month, even if you go two and two, I mean, that's a whole month just for you to be middle of the pack, kind of even, you know. So I feel week two is far more important than week one. I mean, realistically, and and we'll actually, we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit too. Something else I want to bring up um, in terms of trades that have happened, but. A lot of people, you know, they think about, oh, you know, my team, 
you know, towards the end of the season is going to be badass, whatever, you know, I'm not too worried. But the reality is if you want one of those top seeds, if you want that, that bye week, you know, those teams that get that typically don't lose more than three games, maybe four games, but you gotta, I mean, so these early season losses are frankly, they're kind of detrimental. Any loss in, in a short season like this is huge. And so to come out of the gate with a loss is, is scary because you're right. There's not a lot of time. It's, it's one less loss that we can afford if we want to hit that threshold. So, so, but anyways, um, I did want to, I did want to, so actually, yeah. So I have a question for you. So I list, I I gave you the list. Let me give it to you again. It's, It's you and me, Colt, Dom, Keenan, Mike, and Nate are all defeated out coming out of the gate. Which team do you think stays defeated for the longest this season? Oh man, that is a good question. Well, I think the obvious answer before the trade was Dom, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, kudos to Dom for making a move. Uh, was a little upset to see, how good Drew number two's team could be once it's fully healthy, because that could be that could be some trouble down the road. But uh, he had to make a move, and he made it. So kudos to him. I think I think it could be Mikey, honestly, just because his star player Saquon Barkley is on one of the worst teams of football, and although he'll be fine, it's just going to be tougher than you would hope. Mm-hmm. Your star players to achieve that star status, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Mikey is going to have the the uh, hardest climb out of this run. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, and, and that's actually that's an interesting take because Mikey, I think, was the highest scorer of all the losers week one. But and that's how it goes sometimes. That doesn't really mean much. I, I feel what you're saying. It's like, yeah, I mean, I know last year you had some weeks where you put up very respectful points and still come away at the end of the day, a loss is a loss. So, um, that's those matchup mishaps for you. Um, I'm going to, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to put this evil on him, but I worry a little bit about Colt's situation. And I just feel like Colt might, it could be a slippery slope and it might be a few weeks, you know, of of a spiral and he might be, fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the year because of it. Cause I think he might come out, come out of the gate a little bit rough. I think he just lost Darius Geis. That doesn't help for the foreseeable future. Frankly, he's probably droppable. Oh, maybe not in our league because waivers are such a shit show, but right, um, yeah. anyways, yeah, I think Colt, I'm sorry, but I'm worried. I don't want to see it, but it's where I'm going with. You think Colt's going to slip in his own golden shower, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep, Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, you did bring up just to recap that real quick. We did have a pretty significant trade this week. Dom lost Tyree kill for the foreseeable future, which was a huge blow to his team that already didn't perform well week one and right, a player yeah. who he was hoping to move off of his team already to try and, you know, get some other points, get something elsewhere. So he loses Tyreek for, for a while and, uh, still manages though to make a deal with drew, um, so he drew gets Tyreek Hill and he gets both Tampa Bay running backs, gets Ronald Jones and he gets Peyton Barber. Dom gets Alshon Jeffrey. He gets Latavius Murray and he gets Shady McCoy. Um, you had said that you are worried about what Drew's team could be 
if and when Tyree Hill comes back. But to me, that is a big kind of if and when, you know, they really don't know. I mean, they're hopeful it could be as short as like four weeks or so. But then you look at, uh, you know, so maybe six weeks, maybe longer. Um, so you hope for a speedy recovery, I guess. But that is something I feel like personally, I felt like Dom won that trade by a long shot because not only did he address an issue that he needed to address right now and get some instant value, but for, for Drew, I don't want that Tampa Bay backfield. You know, what good is that really? He clearly did it just to get Tyree kill. And is like I was saying, you know, these, he did come out one and oh, and he beat me for sure. So, you know, if, if this works out for him, it's kind of a hail Mary play, but if he's waiting on AJ green and Tyree kill to, uh, to get healthy, what good is Juju, Tyreek, and Green if you're sitting at three and six? You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. That's that's like worst case scenario, and I think I think he kind of knows that. And if I know Drew, like I think I do, his thought process is at the very least he's going to avoid Sacco with this kind of hail mary play. You know, is that even if it does fail early in the season, he misses playoffs, that he's got a team that won't Sacco. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like Dom made a solid move here personally. I think Dom made a deal with the devil with Drew number two in this. And when you do that, there's always some unforeseeable uh, event that's going to happen. And that's exactly what Drew number two is capable of doing week in and week out. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, I I can hear Drew right now just farming somebody's team just on the phone, just convincing them how badly you both need this to happen and how it's a great trade for both of you. <laughs> and uh, yep. I, I think he, I think he probably kept Dom on the phone just long enough to to pull something off sneaky here. Yep. Totally. Well, we shall see if it works out for him or not. That's the big question: yep. is can he keep pulling off these wins in the meantime? Um, well, let's uh, jump right into our next bit. We're gonna just do a quick recap on last week before we before we get into what we got going on um, in this week's commission picks, and we have a cool interview coming up. But for now. We're going to jump right into the whimsical week one recap. The Savages took a devastating loss this week against the And It's Gone franchise in a game where, frankly, both teams disappointed. Um, 81.5 to 94.1. Chris Carson led the charge for the Savages in a pretty good effort of 21.1 points. However, it was not enough against Austin Eckler's 36.4 on a three-touchdown outing for the end it's gone franchise. Drew, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. Uh, you auto-believe it took the win over the Golden Showers. Golden Showers put up a relatively poor performance this week. Keenan Allen led the way, 22.3 points off of a nice stat line. Uh, but outside of that, team disappointed a bit, particularly Jacksonville defense with a negative eight. Um, Jordan had a very deadly duo of Deshaun Watson, 30.7 points, and DeAndre Hopkins of 27.1 and what will probably prove to be a very deadly duo going forward. Um, the annexation of Puerto Rico edged out a win over his older brother and the WTF Shady Nasties, um, 133.6 to 111.9, which was the highest score of the week. Um, Nate put up a pretty good score there, uh, off the heels of a good performance from Pat Mahomes and Mark Ingram, but it was not enough going up against Tom Brady and the highest point total of of the week for a player, which was Sammy Watkins at 42.3 points, 
nine catches, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. Sammy Watkins looking like the real deal, and the annexation of Puerto Rico cruises to a big win. The Sandbaggers, meanwhile, put up the lowest score of the week at 65.4 against Smarter Harder, who had a decent 92.4. Um, really, the only player who showed up for and it's gone, or sorry for Sandbaggers was Alvin Kamara, 20.4 points, but it was not enough against Christian McCaffrey's excellent game one, 37.9 points off of a huge day. Uh, the Aussie Bogans put up a respectable 123.1 over Keen's Never Die. Uh, Keen's team put up a bit of a lackluster 84.8. I'm sure he's a little bit concerned. Um, Larry Fitzgerald led the way, 21.3 points. Uh, but there was a lot to be desired from the quarterback and running back positions on that team. Meanwhile, Kuz's auto draft team looked very good, particularly his running back duo of Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry, who came out both looking very excellent. Uh, the Crazy 88 took a big win to start the year over the LDE's Cupcakes. Uh, we had 88 being a good team this year, which is right. However, the Cupcakes did put up a good effort, 115.9, very respectable score. His running backs did exactly what he hoped they would do. Barkley and Bell put up very good games. Uh, Tyrell Williams also uh, put up a big game for Oakland. However, Chris put up pretty solid points across the board. Drew Brees, David Johnson, um, T.Y. Hilton with a 24.7. A nice 14 out of Will Lutz in the kicking game to uh, take the edge. A 132.3, very high score. And finally... The Coon edged out the Nazi boner mishaps in a close one, 99.3 to 92.3. Um, the Coon taking taking it to him with Lamar Jackson, 33.6 points. Also Dalvin Cook with a big game at 25. Um, a decent point spread all around for the Nazi boner mishaps, uh, particularly his Baltimore defense and Harrison Butlicker with respectable defense and kicker scores to come up just short. All right, and that was the week one whimsical recap. Kev, what do you think? Whimsical enough for you? Oh, that was whimsical. I feel very relaxed. All about that action. Very that care, very nice. carefree. That was, that was nice. <laughs> that is a day at the spa. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, we're gonna jump right in now. We got a great um, our first league member on with us in in an episode this year. Very excited to have him on. Um, so we are going to jump right into that previously recorded interview uh, right now. Sounds good. Okay, joining us now, one of the original members of the Smash League, also your current uh, 2018 Smash League champion all the way from the country of Australia, phoning in is Aaron Kuzno. Aaron, thanks for taking the time to uh, to call in for the show. Yeah, good day, mate. <laughs> how, how you doing? Doing How's good. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Um, how are you doing? Um, I, I know I get to talk to you every once in a while, but a lot of the guys in the league, I don't think I've heard from you for a little bit. So maybe just give us an update on what your life has been like recently. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I've been out here in Australia for about 
seven months now. Just moved out here. Uh, decided to live in Melbourne for about six of the months that I was here so far. Um, you know, cooking and doing the whole chefing thing. Uh, you know, it's easy when you're a chef. You know, it pretty much takes you all over the world if you really want it to. Um, been uh, worked at a barbecue joint for a little while. That's you know, crushing it with some brisket. Whenever I get back home, you know, I'll just teach you guys a little. A little bit how to smoke some meat. And then uh, nice. re- most recently, though, I jumped on a yacht and was the sole chef on a charter luxury yacht uh, cruising through the uh, Torres Straits Islands, which is actually the most northern islands of Australia. And you have to be invited, honestly, to go on them. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily for me, I found this job online and got it and ended up being for a film crew that was filming a food documentary in that region so got to see some food got to try some jugong which is actually manatee decal tried some of that it's not good <laughs> and also ate some turtle and that's not good either that's like a spongy type of meat uh mm. had some turtle eggs as well and those just taste like fish eggs so you know when you're i guess when you're starving you know you eat pretty much anything it's but, like, it feels like it's just trying to be trendy or edgy. It's like, do you have chickens? Like, doesn't anybody else, everybody's got to eat yeah. this weird stuff all over the world. It's like, you don't have chickens yeah, exactly. and pigs? Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, they do have chicken. And it's actually, I have a funny story. I was on I was on the yacht and we had some of the um, village kids come on board because they wanted to check out the big boat. That's what they would call it. Like, can we go to the big boat? And so uh, we brought them onto the big boat. They're running around seeing all the cool stuff on the yacht and I'm, I'm actually making chicken parmesan for the crew and uh, one of the kids comes up to me and he's like, is that dugong? And I'm like, no, dugong is sea cow or manatee. Yeah. Know. yeah. And I was like, no, it's not dugong, it's, it's chicken. And he's like, oh, how'd you catch it? And I was <laughs> like, I didn't have to catch this. It actually just, just ran to my arms pretty much. So it just gives you kind of a culture shock of how these kids are like living. Like, you know, they don't have internet, they don't have TV, they just, you know, run around the beaches that have crocodiles and snakes all around them, and you know, at nighttime, and it's just pretty, pretty uh, interesting thing to to see that in real life. So I bet uh, that sounds but, pretty yeah. awesome. It sounds like you're yeah doing some, doing something pretty cool. Like it's crazy. You're so far away right now. It is uh six fifty one p.m. on September the twelfth where I am. What what you're you're living in September the thirteenth right now, aren't you? Yeah, September thirteenth at ten fifty two a.m. That's crazy. Yeah, living. How yeah, is so it? I'm a day in the future here. Yeah, what can you tell us about the future? Any tips? Anything I should keep? It uh, up? You know, not, not nothing's really changed much. You know, it's about the same. It was funny. I like <laughs> was talking about September eleventh on September eleventh and realized that back in back home it wasn't even September eleventh yet. So oh yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of funny thing to think about. Right. It's and not... also, I'll be celebrating my birthday a day before you guys celebrate my or celebrate. The, September 14th, so that's true. That's so another funny thing. That is so funny. I have two birthdays. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Your birthday kind of expands like a whole like 38 yeah. hours or so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's so, awesome. Kind of funny. That's true. Um, We're close. Happy, happy anyway, almost birthday. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, tomorrow for me here, and then the next day for you guys there. And what else? Um, currently I'm just traveling around Australia. Honestly, I have a motorcycle. I have a Harley Heritage Softail. That I'm riding around on on the East Coast, which is pretty much from Brisbane to Byron Bay, back up to Brisbane. And then I have a camper van ready to go for me when I get to Brisbane, heading back up towards Cairns. 
which is where some of my luggage is because it was, I had too much stuff to, to take it down here on a motorcycle. So nice, damn. So that's that's the plan so far. That is yeah. that is cool, man. I'll Playing be honest. Fantasy football as well along the way. Yeah, mo- most of the people in this league are just honestly a bunch of freaking losers. It was just worthless. <laughs> and and then here you are, like exploring the coast of Australia on a Harley. This is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm color me impressed. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, well, let's you know, let's it's talk. All, it's, all, it's all my career, man. Cooking, man. No I doubt. Wouldn't have guessed it honestly to begin with. I know, right? You're the kid who wouldn't put condiments mm-hmm. on his hot dogs. When yeah, that's... I hate ketchup and mustard still to this day. <laughs> well, that's 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 <laughs> actually that actually makes sense. Maybe that's a good thing to, when you're a chef. <laughs> so you, yeah. Your palate, maybe that's what it was. You weren't picky. You just had a refined palate. You didn't realize it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, let's talk a um, little fantasy hey. before I get you out of here because I understand mm-hmm. you're, you're bunkered down in a bathroom in Australia to to beat the weather right now, which I appreciate. But, yeah, it's uh, funny. It's actually. Now that I'm looking at it, there's actually a Coke bottle here that was used for a bomb and another uh, Jack Daniels mixer can that was used for a pipe for something. Australians are wild. Weed, but maybe not. Have you seen, <laughs> do you see cool animals? Have you seen like have you seen like kangaroos or or are there uh Yeah. What are those what are the cute gray things called? Why is that slipping my mind? Koalas? Yeah, yeah. Koalas? You, you seen a koala? I've seen I've seen wild koala. Yeah, I've seen a few wild koalas. I've seen I've pet kangaroos and fed them. I've pet dingoes, um, <laughs> emus. Uh, emus. I would be Llamas, scared. I'd be but, scared of an emu. Those things look scary as hell. They are pretty scary, and when you feed them too, it's like you think they're gonna peck you really hard. But I mean, now they're they're pretty gentle. I did eat emu though, and it was okay. We had a we had a dinner one time at the barbecue joint I was working at, and we did uh, smoked emu and kangaroo tartar and shit like that. And you know, it was, it was I, I I do prefer beef and chicken though over some of these animals, deer and elk. Sure, sure, definitely. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nice. But yeah. Well, well, yeah. So you know, yeah, so- I have seen sharks. Actually, another thing, I'm definitely afraid of sharks. And I at one point on the on the yacht. Uh, at nighttime, where it looks like it's just pitch black, there's blue lights under the under the yacht, and it looks like you just jump in and like you know it's like a hot tub, but uh, like unawarely, if you jump in, you'll probably get eaten by a bunch of sharks. Because uh, at a certain time of night, there was probably ten or fifteen not huge sharks, or and I'm not totally sure what kind of sharks they were, but they would literally every night would be swimming around the back of the boat trying to eat the fish that were swimming towards the lights. Mm. So it was it was kind of intense because you're like right there, right next. To them. That's so, so scary. Sharks are so scary. Yeah, it is scary. And at nighttime, I was like freaking myself out too because I would be standing on the deck, just like touching water would hit me in the feet, and just looking down at the water, and just seeing all these sharks just swim around. It's insane. Oh god. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Australia is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I know I was sorry to uh, have to spring because w- when we drafted, you were on the yacht and kind of sprung it on your day of and obviously didn't work out. So I know we were sorry to, to yeah. have to, you know, force you to auto draft. Um, but uh, it, seemed like oh, yeah. it, it seemed like it went okay for you though. How, how did you feel coming out of the draft? Like when you got to look at your team later that night? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, when I did get a chance to look at my team, um, you know, there's a few heavy hitters on it that I was, you know, happy to have. I mean, Honestly, I haven't really been keeping up with NFL crazily since I've been out here. And, yeah. you know, just the recent news about AV and, and uh, you know, all these um, other things going on. Um, I mean, getting Kyler Murray was, was kind of cool because I know he's 
he crushed it in college. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, just, yeah, I mean, I have Zach Ertz on my team, which I, for some reason I have him every fucking year, so I don't know how that happens, but it happens <laughs> again. And, you know, yeah. Nice. And nice. so, uh, anyway, <clears throat> anyway, so that, that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people probably give me shit for auto-drafting, but, I mean, it wasn't really, you know, my my plan, but, you know, I, I just want everyone to know that y'all chose your teams, my team chose me. So that's just how it goes. That's perfect. Well, and so you came out, <laughs> came out week one against the defending champ against Keenan, uh, Doctor Hubris himself, and frankly gave him the, the smackdown. Your team came out looking very yeah. strong, and and we'll get into Antonio Brown in a second here. But obviously, no Antonio Brown for you week one. Still came out and you yeah. beat him down. Did you expect that? And how did, how did that feel? Now, when I saw it up against Keenan, I was actually kind of worried. And, uh, cause, you know, Keenan's never like an easy person to play against in fantasy. He's got some type of weird mad scientist method that he chooses to use every year. But, uh, you know, I was definitely worried because, I mean, he has players that you wouldn't even expect to be good. And out of nowhere, they just like, you know, bust out. But, uh, a lot of people didn't put up points for him, which was nice. And I had some players that just, you know, completely crushed it. So I was, I was excited like, halfway through when I still had like four players left to play. And he had like three and I was still up on him by like 20 some points. So yeah, yeah, it was nice. And I had some on the bench too. That, like Delaney Walker was scoring points now. So, you know, I might plug him in this week and see what happens. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 A nice, a nice solid team. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I know you yeah. kind of crushed Keenan's spirit a little bit. He's been texting me a lot this week and after the loss, he was, He's calling himself Sacco. Like you really, you really put an early damper on his season, which is just really exciting. I think for everybody else in the league that you're able yeah, to definitely. do that. So I know it's much appreciated. No, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. And now you got, yeah, was, and now you're playing. You're playing Nick this week. This is a big matchup, actually, because um, yeah. uh, he scored a lot of points as well. Mostly coming off that big. Sam, I don't know if you saw Sammy Watkins for Kansas City dropped like 45 points. It was crazy. So. Oh yeah, I saw the highlights of that. Uh, that's oh, finally Sammy Watkins does something. Jesus Christ! I know. But anyway, but you feel and I saw that you subbed out. You threw Cam Newton in the lineup over Kyler Murray. I think that was a good call. Feeling Cam this week? Yeah, I think Cam. I mean, he didn't have a very good week uh, this first week. I think he only got like five points or something like that. But I'm pretty sure he's not playing a very tough team coming into it. I think this week I have to look at it again. But yeah, that's the reason why I switched it up is because I feel that. Uh, Cam's going to have a bigger game this yeah. week. You know, he's had his first game uh, down, and you know, hopefully, he's warmed up a bit. Um, and you know, it's actually the ball or runs the ball. Yeah, so. totally. Well, he might be now. It's actually funny. He's playing tonight. He's the Thursday night game is Tampa and and uh, the Panthers, and they're, they're, right, they're Tampa. Yeah, they're actually playing right now, but there's a rain delay, so we're in the middle of a rain delay. So they just got huh. started, and he's off to a decent start for you for sure. But it's it's like early first yeah. quarter, and they had to rain delay they're expecting to resume in a few minutes so we'll get a look we'll find out tonight how cam does but uh but so far i think he yeah. completed some passes looking okay so um and i yeah, see yeah i know yeah Cam Bay's not very good i think that's the reason why i threw him in there because i think kyler's playing someone a little bit tougher so yeah and you, but, had a, um, you had a deadly uh running back duo josh jacobs rookie from oakland and derrick henry um out of tennessee i think a couple of maybe unwanted guys that that you that you picked up and they really crushed it for you week one that was pretty cool 
Um, yeah, I was excited to see Josh Jacobs do something like that. It was definitely a rando. And yeah. uh, it was, I mean, um, I mean, I would never have thought of him. And But then I, I did some research on him after I got him. And it's like, yeah, he's going to be a workhorse. So, you know, I'll give him a shot. Hopefully he turns out to be, you know, something, something great this year. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's looking like it. Yeah. It's looking like a nice pick. The last one I want to talk to you about is this Antonio Brown saga. So you get A.B., and I'm sure that's that's a little exciting. You know, on the Raiders even, I, I would have yeah. been excited to have him, you know, on the Raiders. I was interested myself, and it didn't work out. Then there's all the craziness yeah. going on, and you don't know what's happening. Then he demands a release. Uh-huh. Then you're – and so you're stuck without a guy week one. And then uh, he signs with New England. And then, uh, then there's – now I'm sure you're seeing there's, like, the rape allegations currently floating around, and we don't know if he'll play week yeah. two. and you know, with all this stuff going on, mm-hmm. I guess, how are you feeling about AB? And then in terms of these allegations, I, I see as of right now, you've got him in your starting lineup. So it looks to me like you're, you're standing behind your player and you're supporting him. Is that, is that fair to say? Is that you're, you're supporting AB as of right now and your official stance is he's a part of the Bogans and, and that's, and you want him on the team? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want AB on the team? He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's been in the West for a long time and now he's like, a, well, hopefully he makes it through all these allegations and can play, but, you know, it doesn't never look good because recent, most recent years, you know, players that have these type of charges, like, end up, you know, getting suspended for whole seasons and whatnot. But when I saw that he left the Raiders, I was worried and I was wanting to, you know, pretty much throw him, throw him away and everything like that. But once, you know, I saw that he was signed with the Patriots, I mean, he's got Tom Brady. I mean, he's going to get passes to him. So. No doubt. Wow. Not too, not too worried about that. I know, I know the Patriots got a got a pretty decent wide receiver crew right now with Julian and Gordon, and now AV and stuff like that. But I mean, that's a fucking that's a force. A Patriots team, that's a team, that's for sure. Yeah, so, I know. I'm excited for sure, but I think you're right. I, th- I mean, yeah, how do you I'm not? Good have Patriots, honestly. Yeah. If you don't have Patriots on your team, you're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I got James White as well. Damn, oh, yeah. that, that is pretty good. I, I wish I had some Patriots. I do not. And also, I'm currently not yeah. winning, so you might be yeah. onto something there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, there you go. Officially, officially I, I, you're all in then on Brown, not looking to move him, not worried. You're ready to weather yeah. the storm. And assuming, you know, obviously, if it turns yeah. out he raped this girl, then, uh, okay, maybe maybe it's time to move on. But hoping, yeah. hoping, hoping that yeah, these are right. false allegations, I guess, for now is all we can say while this thing shakes out. But so it's interesting. It's yeah, interesting to see exactly. that the Auss- the Aussie Bogans are for now behind Antonio Brown and ready to win some football games. So yeah, um, definitely ready to win. Want to want to take it all the way. Definitely get my name on the boot again. <laughs> going for the going for the next one. I like it. Well, well, Kuz, we'll uh, we'll stop there and I'll let you get back to it out in Australia, mate. But uh, it's all been right, it's been good talking to you. Don't actually hang up. I'm just going to stop recording. But. Uh, Thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on and talking for a little bit. Yeah, no worries. It's my pleasure. It's always always nice to, to hear a friendly uh, voice. Definitely. All right. All right, and thanks to Aaron Kuzno for joining us on the show. That was awesome. Kuz. <laughs> Yes, Coos. Um, cool. Well, always good to hear what's going on down under. Absolutely, absolutely. What a legend. Um, 
Well, let's jump right in now. Uh, let's do some picks, Commissioner Sacco. All right. Um, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna kick it over, okay. and we're gonna we're gonna pick some games on the spot here. Um, let's kick it off with the first matchup we're gonna look at is the Owen one Shady Nasties. Um, Nate Riley going up against Jordan. Want to know? You auto believe it. Um, Jordan. Lost a running back, little in a little bit of trouble there. Uh, but again, coming off of a win, who, who you like here? I actually like some shady, nasty action. You know, Nate's team really didn't look bad at all in Week One, and although he had to go up against Sammy Watkins, and that was his ultimate demise. Uh, if that wasn't the case, Nate would be one and zero right now. We'd have a battle of the undefeated going on. Um, you know, will Marlon Mack continue to perform like he did last week? I'd say most people would say probably not, but that could have been the sneakiest pick of the entire draft. You know, maybe Nate knows something that we don't. I'm going to pick Nate this week. Yeah, I'm going to pick Nate as well, actually. I agree with you. And I, I mean, whether or not Mar- like Marlon Mack gets it done how he did last week, they're certainly going to try because they made it very yeah. clear that he's a focal point of that offense. Mark Ingram didn't need a lot of touches to get done last week. He's he was hyper efficient and uh, looked really good. Obviously, Pat Mahomes and keep doing his thing, and he's got Adam Thielen. It's a solid roster, and Jordan has some question marks at the running back position. He's currently not starting any of them because he's he's got them all benched while he makes his classic Jordan move of waiting till the last minute trying to figure this out. So, uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm I'm with you. I'm taking the shady nasties as well. Um, okay. Next matchup that we're going to look at is my computer loading is uh, <laughs> the the Golden Showers going up against the Sandbaggers, both zero and one, the two lowest scores of Week One. Again, Dom coming off of a big trade, but uh, yeah, go ahead and take the lead on this too. Who you like here? You know, I almost picked this one for my commission pick of the week. This is just uh, one of my favorite matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outside of any of the uh, uh, people in the league that I personally like to beat more than others. You know, uh, watching uh, Cole and Dom try and figure out which one's worse throughout the years has just been some of the more enjoyable moments in Smash League for me personally. <laughs> they have a history. <laughs> they do. They do. I think they... Everybody's got a rivalry going on, and whether they want this one to be a rivalry or not, I think the league sees this as a as a low key rivalry. So um, I'm personally excited for this week, and I think that Dom sandbags Goldeen this week, and the trade actually pays off for him. Nice. Yeah, that's funny. I actually, you know, looking at the matchup, I want to pick Colt. I like you know because I think that Matt Ryan bounces back and has a big week and he just can ride that you know like a nice thirty burger for Ryan, which I still think could happen. But like an idiot, I already earlier in the show picked Colt to have the longest losing streak, so that doesn't really make any damn sense. So I am gonna pick I am gonna pick Dom, and I'm gonna say the reason is that Shady McCoy scores three touchdowns this week, and Matt, three touchdowns three touchdowns for Shady, and he edges past Colt and it's an unfortunate loss for him this week as Dom throws down a fat burger. Um, All about that thing, burger. <laughs> I'm into it. 
Okay, next up we've got a couple of 1-0 teams. I'm looking at the annexation of Puerto Rico going up against the Aussie Bogans. And, uh, was, I mean, these guys both had big week ones. There's a lot to like. Um, I th- we'll see Aaron's guy, Antonio, in the lineup right now. And as we're recording this, it's still up in the air if he's going to actually see the field or not. That's going to be big. But he does have Stefan Diggs to plug in, so that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, yeah. But he's starting Delaney Walker. There's a lot of question marks. Derek Henry looked great. So it's I mean, it's hard to go against, you know, some of these guys that looked so good. On the other side, yeah, I didn't love Carryon Johnson. I mean, you can't expect Sammy Watkins to keep doing what he did, you know, every week, at least not to that magnitude. So you take that away. He does have Brady in a really favorable matchup. All the same, though, I'm going to go with the Bogans on this and say that Kuz goes to 2-0. Okay, see, I'm actually going to go ahead and take uh, Nasty nasty Nick in this one. Um, uh, although you're right about Watkins, the only thing that you can count on Watkins doing is getting injured again at some point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Ingram, Evan Ingram looked awesome. Uh, Low-key for a league that um, doesn't need a tight end. Uh, I think this could have been a low-key really good pick on his behalf. You know, uh, he's the clear go-to guy. Um, what is a terrible offense, but still, he's, he's getting volume. A guy like that, Ezekiel Elliott's going to only improve. Not the strongest week one performance, but Zeke will be fine. Uh, Odell Beckham's going to get it together. He's going to be a game winner for him, you know, several weeks. And I think Tom Brady's more fantasy relevant than even you were willing to admit at the beginning of the season. So, Nasty Nick's going to go ahead and take this one. Totally. Okay. Um... Next one that we're going to look at is the LDE's Cupcakes, 0-1 Mikey Hudson against the 1-0 Coon, Connor Riley. Um, for this one, for me, I know yeah, yeah, I like Mikey's team a little more. I don't know. He put up some good points last week. Kirk Cousins at quarterback worries me. Sam Darnold is out with mono for like the foreseeable future, which is super weird. He's like – kissing guys in the huddle, I guess, and it's getting out of hand. Um, but uh, I don't know if Cousins, if they pick it up a little bit there, Cousins will do, he's safe, you know, and so he might get some points. But um, Chris Godwin is looking good already this week. Uh, I, I mean, I personally love his running back duo. Marquise Brown looked great um, for Baltimore, and that's the thing is uh, Connor's got Lamar Jackson, I'd be shocked if he has another five touchdown performance. And uh, if he does throw some touchdowns, it looks like they're probably going to Hollywood Brown, which Mikey's got rostered, which is always a smart move, taking the top receiver option away and compounding those points. So that's a smart play. There's a lot, there's some Hail Mary plays for Connor. He's, he's got uh, John Ross in there who hadn't had another blow up week, but I don't know if that's trustworthy week to week. And then Todd Gurley, you know, again, everyone's a little scary. It was, he, put together a good game at the end of last week, but it was, you know, it was a slow start and that other, whatever guy got two touchdowns when he wasn't on the field. So I'm picking Mikey here is my point. I want to pick Mikey. Uh, I'm not though. I'm going to go ahead with the coon and all of his friends. Um, Connor is just, he's tough to beat plain and simple. And he's got some, He's got some playmakers. Dalvin Cook has had one phenomenal game. He's got to keep that up, but he's looking like the running back. Everyone was expecting him to be when he first came into the league. And it's the same thing. You know, Cook's got to stay healthy. He's got to keep it up. But 
Cook could be an absolute destroyer of teams uh, moving forward. Gurley is going to be fine. I think he's just a high floor, and you're going to occasionally get that uh, high ceiling out of him. Um, and then a lot of high ceiling out of his uh, receiving core as well. So you, you always got to watch out for Connor. Nice. Well, well put. It's a good point. Dalvin Cook's a freaking beast. Um, yeah. Okay, next one we're looking at is my own matchup this week. Uh, you got the 0-1 Savages going up against the 1-0 uh, Smarter Harder, uh, me versus Emma. And, uh, oh, sorry, me versus Joe. Uh, me, and, oh. me and Joey. Yeah, yeah. Who? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we uh, – I'm actually, full disclosure, while we're recording this, we're in the middle – it's almost halftime of the Thursday night game, which we have a lot riding on. Frankly, I need – McCaffrey to have a nice quiet night and so far he's helping me out it's almost coming to halftime 4.3 points right now for him definitely far off of that freaking 40 burger that he dropped week one and I I gotta think you know if you if McCaffrey quiets down and I keep him under 15 points then I like my chances because you know I I do like that Seattle defense who's playing against uh Pittsburgh this week so I think Big Ben Maybe it's a tough time again. Aaron Jones in Green Bay is a huge question mark, same as it was last year while they're trying to figure out that offense. Um, her Travis Kelsey is going to be a great play. And then, uh, yeah. and then yeah, we've got uh, her Brandon Cooks against my Cooper Cup, frankly, I think is a bit of a toss-up. Um, it is. But, it is. Both, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping for – what's that? I was going to say, between those two, they're both low, low floor but high ceiling. So yeah. that is kind of a coin flip. Between Cooks and Cooks. Um, totally. But I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Chris Carson keeps it rolling. And that I'm, I'm just hoping that Devontae Adams usually plays well against Minnesota. Even though they have a tough defense, he usually plays well. And, our, and Rodgers will target him more, I'm hoping. And, and I think Carson Wentz has fun in a nice shootout against uh, against the Falcons this week. So I'm picking myself. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm, in, I'm into that. I'm going to go ahead and pick you as well. I think you got this. Sweet. I'm just going to tag along to everything you just said. <laughs> Nailed it. Clearly what I said was correct then. Let's jump, let's jump right into your matchup, a big one against the And It's Gone franchise. Um, 0-1 Nazi Boners uh, going up against the 1-0 And It's Gone, you versus Drew. Drew got me bad last week. I don't think I actually brought it up yet, but I will be anybody who's interested in uh, – joining us up at Sunlight Mountain in Glenwood Springs, Colorado this winter, I will be snowboarding in a Speedo for a few runs because the <laughs> Savages could not pull off a win against Drew again. So fun for me. Oh, so, I'm very interested. So I'm certainly hoping you get him, but give me your thoughts first on your matchup here. Uh, this is it's tough. You know, um, it really is because you can't have Eckler – do a repeat performance, you'd hope. But the reality is, is Eckler's really good. He's a backup only because Melvin Gordon is so damn great. But if you play for pretty much any other team, Eckler is your every down back. You know, So that was, that was a phenomenal pickup by him. Smith-Schuster is going to be a phenomenal receiver all year long. I know he had a rough week one. Um you know, I have James Conner. James Conner also had a rough week one. That was just kind of a fluke game. If you have any Pittsburgh uh, players that you're relying on, like the two of us are, you know, both of them are going to bounce back and they're going to be fine. 
Um, I think my matchup quarterback wise, I'm hoping that I got him there. You know, Brady's just got to believe in A-Rod. And then I have to trust that the receiving core that I originally believed in is as good as I hoped they would be when I drafted them. And I think that's going to be enough for me to take out Drew this week. Drew number two, of course. Excuse me. Drew, yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you. I think you also knocked out Drew number two this week. And the reason I believe that is, yeah, I don't, I don't think Eckler drops the same 35 points he did he did week one. Um, and yeah, Juju very well could bounce back really well this week. But the biggest factor for me is I think all of your receivers go off. I mentioned, I think Julio Jones is a big part of a big primetime game against Philly. Robert Woods is going to be a big factor in a huge matchup against the saints. And Josh Gordon gets the Miami defense to, to, you know, so there's so much potential in your receiving core this week. And on top of that, I think the Ravens D forces some turnovers against uh, Kyler Murray, and that's going to be enough to put you over the top. Oh, not to mention Harrison Buttlicker. Oh, my top scorer on the season, <laughs> mind you. Yeah, what, a, what a good looking pick. That is a good kick to have. Well, that, that brings us to my game of the week, which is Keens Never Die against the Crazy 88, Chris versus Keenan. The reason I think this matchup is so fun is, you know, we, we were picking Chris's team to be good and it came out and did not disappoint. And now Keenan is meanwhile on the other side is just already full tilt. He's not used to being on one. I know he's not used to being Owen two. And that's what makes this game so juicy is Chris has an opportunity here to really make Keenan go full panic. Um, so give me your thoughts on this matchup. I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, clearly he's uh, in panic mode. Currently, as we're speaking, he has an empty slot for his QB, whereas Chris has Drew Brees and what should be a very high-powered, you know, high-octane offensive battle between the Rams. So you got to love the fact that he's probably going to be in the 20s for you. Um, Nick Chubb should bounce back very nicely against the Jets, you know, realistically. I think Leonard Fournette might actually have a tough time being a part of the game plan with how good Houston looked uh, in week one, or even though they came out with a loss, I think that Jacksonville might be firing from, you know, they might be playing from behind the majority of the game, and they'll, they'll abandon the run game like a lot of teams will, but that being the case, I think Fournette may not, um, may not have as much value. But like you were saying earlier, Keenan has Michael Thomas. You know, he's got that number one option for Drew Brees, so that could be an equalizer there. That keeps things interesting. Um, but I just, I love Chris's team, top to bottom. Everything from defense to kicker, I think, is solid with uh, high floors and also high feelings. Uh, I got to go with Chris. Nice. Um, and I am actually, I hate to do it, but I'm going to go the other way and say that Keenan avoids a full tilt. In a, in a real close one, but I think exactly what you said um, is that Breeze's points get, you know, a little bit overshadowed maybe by Michael Thomas. I think Keenan's running backs do fine this week. Chris's running backs have very tough matchups. David Johnson against Baltimore and Philip Lindsay against Chicago. Those are, those are brutal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I think that's, that's the biggest factor. I'm going to pick Keenan to bounce back and even it out at one and one. So there you go. There's our, there's our picks for the week, Kev. Um, one last thing I wanted to 
get into with you while we have just just a minute left here is uh okay. is it's been coming up lately actually there's a couple things i want to one thing is that we need to hash out is uh with the league is i know people people miss people like the weekly punishment um dom was low score week one and i think as a league we need to get on the group me and come up with a you know come up with some ideas something that i'm gonna obviously i'm running the dictatorship here i'm gonna pick my favorite but keenan mentioned the wine night i don't know i don't know gotta convince me on that Keenan. you know let's you know it's like girls night out you know let's all take baby aspirin because it's good for our hearts you know like that's the punishment the thing i like about wine wine night is it implies that that some of us go out on social gatherings I don't leave the house much, so I don't know how I would get out and drink wine, you know, on on on, on any given night when I don't really leave my house other than to go to work. But uh, sure. But the point is, we need to lock something in, and we need to do it soon so that we can so it's not too late to get Dom and figure out what we're gonna do. Can't do the two liter anymore. That was last year. Can't do the two liter. Just a chug of something just seems lazy, in my opinion. If we can come up with something clever, I'm all about it. I'm good for good ideas, but. We did the chug last year. I think we got enough clever guys in this league where, you know, we could figure this out. Something besides, you know, enjoying wine while everyone else has crushes beers with the boys. Yeah. Uh, that's not hitting the ear right. So. The, the other, so we'll get that figured out. The other thing that's been coming up is your Sacco punishment, which I know you've agreed to do something, but we've decided to move away from the traditional Sacco punishment. We're trying to figure out what that's going to be. Um, I know I had an idea that you and I talked about recently. What are your thoughts I on reject, that? I reject all Sacco punishments. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to do anything. I will do nothing. That's not what we talked about before the show. Change, having, I know that. <laughs> having a change of heart? I will do something, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. It'll, the longer we have to wait, the juicier it'll be. That's all I can say. Well, we'll keep talking. I won't. If you're not ready to commit to what we talked about, then I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. We're going to let it sit and talk in private. So that'll be yeah. uh, to be continued on the show. But uh, I can't commit to what we talked about tonight. But uh, I think I can be swayed in that direction. Okay. Well, I like the sound of that. But um, we're we're running super long at this point, coming up on like an hour. So we're oh, gonna okay. so we're gonna wrap it up and. Uh, but thanks, Kev, as always, and we'll be hoping that everyone tunes in next week for the next episode of the Smashcast. So good luck to everybody this week. All right. We'll see you then. The end. Oh, thank you.